Welcome to the Dream Factory. You know the Dream Factory. We're throwing open the doors to the factory despite government guidelines. It's the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. We don't care about the staff down on the conveyors getting these ideas through. We've got to keep billions in the bank. The rules are simple. We can discuss as many ideas as we like, but only one can be taken the next stage, where it'll be given a free ticket to cruise up to Durham to hang out with its parents. (laughs) Free of any consequences. I'm Joel, a man who puts the sex in East Sussex, the sexiest county in England. And across from me is John Harris, a man who has been so productive in lockdown that he's just declared to me that he's finally written the great Buckinghamshire novel. What's it all about, John? Oh, yeah. Uh, Wind in the Willows was written down the road, so it's the sequel. Ah, Wind in the Willows. Storm in the Oak Tree. It's going to be big. Storm in the Oak Tree. Is Mr. Toad there? I've always loved Mr. Toad of Toad Hall. Yeah, he's there. Mm-hmm. They would always say, yeah. when I was younger, they'd always be like, oh, that willow tree is the willow tree from Wind in the Oh, Willows. I bet there are a hundred willow trees that they claim, aren't there? Probably. Also, like, I don't remember the willow tree being a big part of the narrative. It's the main character. It's like, that's like the It's Simpsons. the narrator. <laughs> it's like the Simpsons thing, isn't it? That's the Kane from Citizen Kane. Yeah. <laughs> There's no Kane in Citizen Kane. Charles Dickens, a big player where I'm from in Kent, the yeah. Medway Towns. <laughs> big player, uh, picking up women. <laughs> of course he was. Wouldn't you be if you were knocking out Christmas Carol? Yeah, probably. That was that was her name. <laughs> um, Great Expectations opens in a graveyard. There are four villages, I would say, that claim to be that graveyard. <laughs> wow. What a, what a, what a claim. It's not like a film as well. Like He could have also just made up a graveyard. <laughs> That's a podcast I'd listen to. What? pinning down like places that claim like isn't there there's like a thousand places that claim to be where jk rowling wrote harry potter well she was actually tweeting about that recently she was saying yeah that's why i brought it up she was saying that well there's seven books i basically wrote them in like ten thousand cafes yeah yeah Yeah. and someone said that like she she there's a cafe that says it's the home of harry potter and she said while while she didn't come up with the idea there she did write enough that she's not going to get annoyed at them for saying it's the home She's not she's, cease and desist. I, I, yeah, I feel like she's the sort of person. They're, they're, they're quite litigious, aren't they? The Potter oh, estate. Are they? Mm. But also very oh. supportive of fan fiction. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to be sued by J.K. Rowling. <laughs> not again. We're here to pitch some movies. How about this one from Tom? The Holiday of the Dead. Yeah. Jude Law and Cameron Diaz defend an idyllic small country house from a zombie apocalypse. Meanwhile, a similar fate awaits Kate Winslet and Jack Black on the other side of the world. That's really good, I think. I can see them all bringing some good energy to zombie killing as well. All four of them. I'm happy with that cast. Uh, I would absolutely love to see Jack Black in a a zombie movie. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's kind of... He hasn't battled the supernatural anywhere near enough, considering his general vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so true. I think he only really does in his music or films about his music. Oh, no, there's like goosebumps and stuff. But Oh, yeah, good point. Very good and, point. And King Kong. And my favourite of his films, The House with the Clock in Its Walls. <laughs> uh, what was that about? Is it about someone who just can't sleep because there's annoying ticking they can't constant stop? Constant ticking. Yeah. Uh, Jumanji's pretty supernatural. Yeah, maybe I was wrong. Gulliver, Gulliver's Travels. Shark Tale. 
Kung Fu Panda's got some pretty mystic stuff in it. Man, he's got a crazy filmography. He's got the patchiest filmography of someone that I just completely adore. <laughs> yeah. Because big, big. there's like a lot of crap in there, isn't there? But I haven't, like, I'm 100% positive towards Jack Black, despite titles such as Shallow How, Nacho Libre. <laughs> so they, they do the big house swap, and then the zombie attack starts. Uh, they fall in love yeah. as well, I guess. Of course, they bond. So the holiday, like when that came out, like the idea of like staying in someone else's place was like incredibly novel. And now yeah. Airbnb's just totally normalized that. Like they use like some mad forum to set it up, don't they, in the film? I had a, It's like a chat room. I had a, a ch- one of my childhood friends, his family would do that for holidays. And he was in, he was in the newspaper because of it. That's how weird it was. <laughs> oh, Great man. stuff. But yeah, Tom, um, I approve. Good film. I would also, as an addendum, I'd like to hear from anyone who has uh, a favourite actor that they adore, despite some real holes in the old filmography. That is a great question. And I would like, I might try and think of some in the interim and we'll discuss them next week on the post because that's a, it's a b- good question. That's an actually great. good question. Tweet. It's one, actually, of the, it's one of the great topics. Actually tweet us for once, guys, because that's a good question. Yeah, you've got no excuse. On the subject of things that are actually good uh, and um, really similar uh, to Tom's idea, we got this uh, good idea from Tony, which is 30 Nights of Day, which is vampires get stuck inside a small Alaskan town. Instead of a killing rampage, they work out how to keep themselves hidden from the humans that are hunting them. (gasps) That is good. I saw 30 Days of Night at the cinema. What? I thought you were a pansy. I must be the only person in Britain that saw that cinema. It's not a film people know about, is it? I, no. Well. No. But you Remember you're... it being bad. Really? I'm a pansy. I was brave about... Was I braver? No, I wasn't. It's not actually that scary, I don't think. It's more action-y. Okay. But, I yeah. I don't I don't really have any memory of it. I'm but not it... really... <laughs> I don't like to boast, but I'm not really afraid of vampires. Uh, I don't really get creeped <laughs> out by them. But the idea that, that idea of flipping the vampire thing on its head so that they can't... They literally can't leave because it's always sunlight is brilliant that is brilliant tom you've made a good film which isn't really what we're here to do yeah uh you should probably speak to someone official about that so tony brought us another idea which is much more at our level so let's go with this one uh nor 8-bit eddie murphy plays an arcade game of himself in the norbit film uh yeah i I think there should be more 8-bit movies (laughs) imagine it in the cinema it would look insane there's that amazing episode of Community where they play; they're all in an eight-bit video game. Yeah, that's so is, great. That is good. So it's it's doable. It's possible. It's doable. It's been it's done. I, I I'm up for it. So I... Eddie, Eddie Murphy is on. This is what's going to happen, right? Eddie Murphy, his career's picked back up a bit, right? He did my my name is Dolomite or something like that, critically yep. acclaimed. So he's on he's on an upward tick at the moment. All we need to do is wait for that to inevitably crash land again, and we just snap him up for nor eight bit. <laughs> Um, so I didn't know much about Norbit, so I I was like researching into it. So it's a it's a classic Eddie Murphy. Call yourself a, call yourself a film fan. <laughs> Studied a film degree. Um, it's a classic Eddie Murphy multi multi part playing film where he plays a nerdy guy and a woman and many other characters. But I I just. On the Wikipedia page, I, I, I take, I've taken this paragraph, which is, the film was negatively received by critics and earned Murphy three Golden Raspberry Awards out of the eight total nominations. However, Oof. however, it received the nomination from the Academy Awards for Best Makeup. So, 
No way. That's I, really funny. I think that means we need to. Wa- we all need to watch it. Make make the decision for ourselves. Is it an Academy Award film or is it a Raspberry film? Who could say? Who could say? That is astonishing. There can't be many worse films that have also received an Academy nod. Norbit seems like, like, because you know people talk about the fact Suicide Squad got a, no- a makeup nomination and stuff. But, but Norbit's like a punchline of a bad film, isn't it? Yeah, that's really low. What about this film idea from Josh? No Country for Old Men in Black. Nice. So I guess Anton Chigurh is like an alien. And wait, Tommy Lee Jones is the investigator. Tommy Lee Jones is in Old Country for Old Men as a policeman. He's Ideal. He's already no, in it. This no, film already exists. No Country for Old Men is just old men. It, it is that film. It's just they didn't old tell us. Black. We just, yeah. we don't even need to refilm it. We just need to put a, a sequence at the end where Tommy Lee J- Jones goes around with the little memory swipe <laughs> thing. I like it. I love Tommy Lee Jones. Is Men in Black brilliant or did we just watch it when we were young? <laughs> There's a lot like that. There's got to be. A, that's, a, that's basically a genre of films, isn't it? Yeah. Space Jam. Exorcist. <laughs> that's it mark kermo just watched it at the right time yeah he was just a kid <laughs> i think the first one must be okay i don't know i'm, I'm, af- I'm afraid I, I get afraid to rewatch those films yeah in case they're bad it's also a classic you can imagine introducing that film to like a partner or a friend that had never seen it and then thinking what is wrong with you yeah a hundred percent i live in constant i live in sort of constant fear of that yeah happening you have to, yeah, like you're like, oh, you have to watch this film. You have to, and then you sit down, yeah. and you're, it's slowly dawning what on you. What do you mean? You've never seen Indiana Jones. What do you mean? You've never seen it, and then yeah. just two and a half hours of silence. Yeah. Go to bed. <laughs> never speak of it again. It's just that- next day. I'm next day. I'm I'm touting Temple of Doom. <laughs> it's not as it's yeah. It's not as good. But the, the, the trilogy. Yeah, there's that feeling in the pit of your stomach as you're watching. You're watching the other person watching the thing rather than the thing. And you yeah, realise... just sat there sweating. <laughs> yeah. And also, you re- I'm really reacting to the laughs, <laughs> yeah. or, the, or, the, or the tension of a film I've seen 30 <laughs> times. Wow! <laughs> he was the girl... They were the... Yeah, <laughs> so much of that. So much of that. That's another thing I'd like to hear from people. Uh, we can think about this for next week as well. Films you're too afraid to introduce to your significant other for fear of them not liking it. Right. Or times you've done it and it's not gone well, or times you've done it and it's gone really well. I I definitely did that. And this is with a modern film. I really liked Big Hero 6. And so I showed that <laughs> I I showed that to my girlfriend the other day and there were definitely during the funny bits I was definitely going, "Oh, ho, ho, <laughs> that's a good joke." I've got a similar situation where uh, my girlfriend doesn't really get why people love kids' films so much when they're adults. Oh, I no. sort of understand that. But it means that when we've watched Toy Story 3 and I'm just crying for an hour <laughs> afterwards, it's just, it's made, it's rendered so pathetic by somebody that just thinks that, well, you should, why are you watching that beyond the age of 12? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing is, so much of my movie taste is made up of things that I probably shouldn't be watching anymore. Like, realistically, mm-hmm you know a good 50 percent of my film diet is superhero films and animated films so yeah i'd, I'd hate to lose them uh <laughs> what about this one from beck fantastic mr fox i mean george clooney people want to fuck him so, and he gives all his he gives all his nespresso money to charity so that's part of the attraction for me 
That's what I heard once, yeah. Because <laughs> you always think like, George, why are you doing these Nespresso ads? Why yeah. are you so big into Nespresso? <laughs> um, I think he gives all the money away to charity. I'm pretty sure that's right. He gives all the money away to charity because he genuinely loves Nespresso so much that he would have done it for free. Yeah, yeah, but he can't tell them that. <laughs> George Clooney, <laughs> Nespresso money. George Clooney's Nespresso adverts help fund a satellite which kept an eye on a Sudanese dictator. I mean, that's even what madder. A great, what a great guy. That's the film. <laughs> Is Nespresso Nestle? It must be, right? Am I an idiot? I don't know, but I... I what, is, what is what is Ness? <laughs> it must Ness be Nestle. Cafe. It must yeah. be Nestle. It's quite interesting that he's taking money from a genuinely evil corporation and putting it to good causes. He's like the Robin Hood of well, well, cheap coffee. I was just... You've, you've, like, my... I was literally just having the thought that uh, anthropomorphized... I didn't say it right even the third time... Uh, foxes you're gonna say like the disney robin hood they're always hot they are so hot right what's that about i'm gonna throw out a real sweeping statement here so apologies in advance i can't wait and from a bear in bear in mind john that you just said that 50 percent of the films you watch are animated <laughs> and you're now about to make a statement about how attractive you find them anthropomorphized foxes are always hot men uh anthropomorphized I, I, I still can't say the word I know where you're going i know Bunnies, you're, going. you're, gonna, say, you're women, gonna say rabbits yeah hot. Yep, 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 yep. And that is why Zootopia is the hottest film of that year. <laughs> oh, man. Why is that? I love, when, I love when you do your charts, the hottest films of the year chart. <laughs> um, always Zootopia. Yeah, why is that? Who decided that? Why? A pervert once sort of came up with that, and we've just it's just become the norm. Oh, man. But it is weird. Maybe it's just lockdown doing crazy things to our brains. You- let, let us know which animals you find the sexiest. I heard this on a podcast, um, Tony Way talking to Brett Goldstein, but it genuinely had never dawned on me until he mentioned it in this podcast that Jessica Rabbit in Who Who Framed Roger Rabbit, her surname is that because she's married to Roger Rabbit. She's she's not a rabbit. She's oh, a yeah. human. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, which, which, which church allowed that marriage? <laughs> You've got to ask questions. I've got to ask these questions. Um, do you want another one from me? Yes, please. This is from Archie. The devil wears Pravda. An intern starts working for the official communist broadsheet of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Pravda. 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 That's a really good history gag. Yeah. For all of, you, all of our history fan listeners. Everyone um, else, tune out. We don't need to take it much further than that, except it's probably just a much more brutal and terrifying version of the devil wears Pravda. Yeah, or they go down the kind of uh, death of Stalin route of kind of like nice, nice. I actually think I think again, we're 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 about three decent films into an episode, which is kind of mm. worrying. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> Next time you're all submitting ideas, just make them a bit shit <laughs> because when when they're really good, it's so hard to riff. We John and I just look into each other's eyes and go, "God, I wish I'd fucking thought of that." Yeah. What about this one from Alex? Come on, bring us some shit, mate. The last Jedward. One of them dies, but no one knows, including <laughs> Back on them, track. <laughs> which one is still alive in space. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm very into it. Very into it. And they're still making like TV appearances and stuff, but just trying to use mirrors cleverly. 
Yeah, Jedward's going to be. They can't lose that Jedward money. Yeah, Jedward actually give all of their money towards a satellite that's keeping an eye on George Clooney. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they're like John's around the corner. Don't worry. And he runs away, (laughs) and then he runs back in because they look exactly the same. Oh, did I just miss Edward? (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't even. It's not like Mrs. Doubtfire where he needs to change. It's literally he just runs back. Because they always wear the same outfits. Oh no, it's actually really sad. And everyone else apart from Jedward knows that one of them has oh, died. No. And the other one it's, it's like Truman he, Show style. Yeah, he's just that's how he's coping with it. It's fine. And the whole universe has agreed not to let him know. Oh god oh no. We've accidentally made a sad film now. Jedward are the type who strike me as kind of thinking they would be you know, they believe in Jedi principles. They'd say, Yeah, we live by them. No, I tell you what, quite the opposite. They're the Sith. They're Sith boys. I I watched <laughs> recently watched Celebrity Coach Trip, and they arrive kind of two thirds into the trip, and they just fuck shit up. They got just got so aggressive. Everyone, it was really entertaining TV. <laughs> yeah, Jed, I don't know. I don't know what Twitter's like. I'm scared to say these things. I don't know if Twitter has like Jedward stands in the same way that if you speak ill of BTS or someone that you know, I'll get I'll get cancelled. But they were real dicks. <laughs> imagine, imagine if the Jedward Army come after us for your opinions. I'd, I'd love it. Yeah. Well, we've no- we have noticed that when we put in the titles like a thing people actually might search for, the show gets loads more listeners. And I always think, who are those people, and what are they looking for? They're like well, li- we've got an episode called Tokyo Drift, and they're just people out there that are like, oh, I really hope there's some more content about the third. Fucking Fast and Furious film. <laughs> and they're just typing that into iTunes. <laughs> go into iTunes. Don't look at the charts. <laughs> don't look at the featured. I'm just going to go straight to the search bar, Tokyo Drift. And I'm going to click whatever's there. <laughs> we should name Mad. all future episodes after Fast and Furious films. That's not a bad idea. Until lockdown, they were getting out films quicker than we were getting out episodes. <laughs> that was always the race, wasn't it? <laughs> Who's going to be next? It's like Blur versus Oasis. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Right, let's do our ones. Here's my one. Casino Battle Royale. All the James Bonds have to fight each other in a casino. Incredible, excellent, brilliant, wonderful. They all somehow exist in the same universe. And there's a big showdown because it turns out there's only one real spy and all the others are imposters. They've been working for, you know, insert enemy organisation here, depending on the decade the film came out in. And... They all, it's a big showdown at a casino. They're all playing poker against each other, and then it all goes crazy. Timothy Dalton flips the table. No, George Lazenby flips the table. 
Someone shoots him in the head. He's out of the way. Early doors. And then, <laughs> and then obviously, ultimately, it's, oh, no, I don't know. Uh, and also what's quite good about this is that there's real jeopardy, whereas there isn't really jeopardy in James Bond because James Bond will always win. And you have to, that's where you have to create side characters and become invested in them, right? So mm. like a little, you know, there's a there's the Bond girls or there's like a pal. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes he's yeah. just got a, he's just got a pal. And you'll have to kill off that power <laughs> for in, some sort of injury. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he does, doesn't he? There's yeah, like the first guy half... in a lot of, in a lot of the Daniel Craig ones. There's that American guy. Uh, okay, fine. Who's like working for the CIA or whatever, and you have to just bring in a pal that they can kill off. Yeah. Whereas in this one, there's genuine jeopardy because everyone's got a favorite James Bond. Yeah. So they'll all be rooting for different Bonds. So before you paused yourself, I assume I'm assuming that you thought the ultimate showdown at the end would be Connery Moore. No, I no. What I thought the public would think is Connery Craig, mm. but what I think is Roger Moore. <laughs> and I stopped myself because I realised I was about to say something I fundamentally disagreed with. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the top four is going to be how many are? It's there? obvious who it's obvious who your top four are. Don't even bother bringing it up. Fine, Craig Connery Brosnan Moore. That's the Fine. four. Okay, cool. And then the others: Dalton Lazenby. Just six? I think it's just six. I mean, Dalton and Lazerby, they're just popped off early doors. <laughs> a little silence, a gun. Bang, bang, they're gone. And then it's just the four scrapping it out. I like it. Quipping they've got out. Ga- they got to use all the gadgets from their films. That's where Daniel Craig will be at a disadvantage, because they tried to make him a bit more gritty and real, so he doesn't have, like... He's just got his fist. Yeah, whereas, like, Brosnan would be like, I don't know, he'll turn something into a surfboard if he needs to. Yeah, and he will in this casino, because there's a, one of those wave simulators. <laughs> No, there's a big, there's a big tanker of water on top of them, and great, very good. Someone yeah. accidentally pops. He out. surfs down the stairwell. <laughs> there's a bit. I think there's a bit in Die Another Day where he has to do some surfing, like he breaks a bit off a plane. Yeah, and surfs to shore, and he doesn't he arrive on shore bone dry. Yeah, it's amazing. And he's got a tuxedo under a wetsuit or something. <laughs> Just brilliant stuff. That is, that's what that to me. That's what James Bond is, and that's the beauty of it. Is like Craig is like getting like down and you know down and rough and stuff yeah and then brosnan is fighting him totally differently but they're in the same room fighting each other yeah and, and some... craig's like covered in injuries yeah and he's sweating and his hair's a mess and brosnan just looks as he did at the start of the film <laughs> <laughs> after like an hour of scrapping right, i'm well into it it's, it's gonna be great joe what's your idea grand national lampoon good stuff i've never seen a national lampoon no, I was re- I was googling them before this because I was che- Chevy Chase. Is that what made Chevy Chase a, a superstar? Yeah, yeah. So I think it starts off with like Animal House is the first one, which is a famous iconic ah. kind of frat American movie, and then there's yeah National Lampoon Vacation, which is the one that makes Chevy Chase a star. Yeah, and then there are hundreds and hundreds, and I was like looking like 2009 or something. There was one called like Robo Doc, and then I clicked on it, <laughs> and it's a sexy lady dressed as a nurse. Yeah. Um, are you saying it's like a cinematic universe? The National Lampooniverse? Hey, that's great. Yeah. So, and they seem to like vary. So like Ed Helms recently did another vacation one, which is like family friendly. But then, like I say, there's like Animal House and there's this weird sexy robot doctor one. Like, I don't, I don't understand where they're pitching these films. Yeah. And where does the money come from? And also, there will be like somebody who has seen them all and is like a historian of National, National Lampoon films, right? Oh, for sure. And it, and it would be their mastermind category or whatever. And you just think, what a waste of life. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Right, um, Joel, I haven't told you this yet, but uh, we've had another Muscles Tom, so we need to <gasps> we need to move on to Muscles Tom for the next 12 minutes. Yes, let's do it. Okay, so... For those who this might be their first episode, Muscles Tom is a wonderful man who is known as Muscles Tom because both... We assume he's incredibly muscular, we don't know, and secondly, uh, he's a muscle farmer. He farms muscles. He farms muscles, which is amazing. Uh, in Wales... Home of the Muscle. It's like a postscript to the film ideas because it's coming after the ones we've done, which is quite exciting. Yeah, because his film idea is always so unusual that I just don't think it really fits into the format of the show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The very sensible ideas. Yeah, okay, good. Let's. Right, here is Muscles Tom. Most people say. Can you do a Welsh accent? Nope. Most people say to me, Tom, you're a genius. I say thank you, but please get back up off the floor. You don't have to kiss my feet. But every is now that and... start, is that we started the email? Yeah, look, I'll show you on the <laughs> camera. Most wow. <laughs> oh, hang on. His profile picture is a crab. Interesting. <laughs> Has he branched out? Um, but every now and then you come across a doubter, a Judas, a rat in the cellar, as it were. For instance, just last week I was in Tesco looking at the vegetables when a man came up to me and keeping two metres apart shouted, Tom, I'll never kneel before you. I don't think you're as good as they say. <laughs> I began to explain I was the creator of such mega hits as chair, wardrobe, <laughs> stairs, and of course, the soup maker. <laughs> before I knew it, 50 people had gathered around the fruit and veg aisle, all keeping at least two metres apart, eager to hear what new wave of storytelling I was about to unleash next. I put down the cucumber and began to explain. First there was Star Wars, then Harry Potter, and then at about the same time, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> now, there, now there comes an all-new saga in the high fantasy genre. I call this tale of epic proportions, The Shed. <laughs> One day I hero Bob was wandering around the fabulous DIY store B&Q. No personal affiliations. Uh, if you want to sponsor us, any other DIY store, get in touch. Being an avid gardener, he decided to take a look at the sheds. He noticed they had a nice selection, but one in particular caught his attention. Mm-hmm. Ah, you like the look of that one, do you, sir? Said the store assistant. Well, I'm afraid you won't be able to afford that one. You see, it's $3 million. B and Q. $3 million, I hear, I thought. But just as he was going to tell the store assistant to shove it up his ass, he decided he would take a step inside the shed just to see what it was like inside. When he came back outside, he noticed two very strange things. One, he was no longer on Earth, but on a strange forbidden planet in the far reaches of outer space. And two, there was an old man, a Gandalf type fella, sitting on a chair in one of the craters of the planet. (laughs) Determined to find out what was going on, He went over to the old man and asked where he was. My dear boy, the old man explained. This is an old decrepit planet long forgotten by time. A place where once known game show hosts that have long since passed finally end up, the old man pointed out. Our hero looked over and saw three old men he remembered as well-loved quiz show hosts that were no longer for this world. Bob Monkhouse, Bruce Bruce Forsyth and Lee Dennis. Sorry. Dennis. (laughs) Les Dennis. To escape, you must pass the free trials. But be careful, my boy, for if you are to fail any of the trials, then you will be trapped here forever, like a goldfish I mean, in a bag. Les Dennis is still alive, but carry on. <laughs> also, goldfishes <laughs> in bags usually get put into water eventually. 
Yeah, and they're not normally big TV prizes. <laughs> it's not like who wants to be a millionaire isn't who wants to win a goldfish in a bag. Good luck, my boy, for the fate of B&Q lies in your hands. <laughs> oh, no. Shit. The man sprinkled gold dust and glitter over himself until he disappeared into a cloud of smoke. That's not how that works. Then, as the smoke cleared, the old man was left coughing and spluttering. <laughs> the first trial was pretty easy. All he had to do was listen to a few Bob Monkhouse jokes and have a quick game of cards. His reward was a bag of gold, estimated to have the value of $1 million. <gasps> I think I know where this is going, Tom. Yep. Next, our hero ventured over to Mr. Bruce Forsyth. Ah, nice to see you, Bruce said. To see you nice, our hero quipped. Why hasn't our hero got a name? It's Bob. First line of the email. Oh, sorry. Too busy focusing on reading to actually listen to what is being said. Anyway, laughing his bollocks off, Mr. Mr. Forsyth produced a brand new toaster and asked our hero to hazard a guess at its value. Remember, he minded, you can be £5 under, but not a penny over. And bear in mind at this point that his sense of how how much things cost has been totally warped by the idea of a $3 million shed. So you can look at that toaster and think, I don't know, 10 grand? (laughs) 45 quid, our hero guessed. Spot on, said Mr. Forsyth. Yes. And rewarded our amazingly talented hero with a bag of gold worth half a million dollars. And there's a little Brucey bonus, he said, and gave the young hero a bag to the total of one million dollars. <gasps> two and a half million dollars. I think, yeah, sorry, I think it was an extra half. So the total is now so he's got two million a million dollars. from Bruce. So two million in good. total. Good, good. Lastly, he arrived at Les Dennis. Les looked warned and tattered. Death had not been oh. kind to him. Oh my God, Les. <laughs> Sorry, Les, if you're listening. Les went on to say, we asked 100 people to name something you eat with a spoon. Our hero confidently replied, soup. Top <laughs> answer, Les confirmed. Yes. Is, do we think that would be the top answer? Good question. Yeah, I think it would. And with, with about as much passion as a council worker sweeping the road, he handed over a bag of gold which had the street value of $1 million. <laughs> Satisfied he had completed the free trials, he headed back to the shed waving goodbye to all the great game show hosts and Les Dennis Aww. as he got back in. What's his beef with Les Dennis? There's, something has happened between Muscles Tom and Les Dennis and we that's the real film. Yeah. Uh, when he came back, into the DIY store, he was granted once again by a member of staff. Like I said, sir, the store assistant said, you just can't afford it. Damn it, our hero fussed. But just then he remembered he had three bags of gold he had won during his time in the Forbidden Planet. Worth exactly $3 million. Christ, I can't believe it, said the shop assistant. I've never seen anyone produce this amount of money for a garden shed before. How did you do it? Our hero, Bob, turned and smiled to the astonished shop assistant. You can do it when you're being cure it. <laughs> the end. Back Why at Tesco. In the, the, fr- <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing is, these are films within films because he's talking about his life as a man yeah. in, in Tesco. Back at Tesco, Fruit Veg Isle, I finished telling my tale to the wonder of the uh, silent uh, hundreds and hundreds of people all two metres apart. They burst into rapturous applause. The cheeky fellow, whoever doubted me, fell to his knees in apology for ever disbelieving my talent. I remember as I walked out, a small shop boy, a bit like Tiny Tim, ran after me and asked for my name. I turned, flicked him a single gold coin with my full name engraved on it. J.K. George Muscles, J.R. Tom Tolkien, Man <laughs> Jones. There you go. 
Thanks, Tom, I guess. Muscles, Tom. What do you mean, I guess? <laughs> Muscles, Tom, you are my hero. What a way to go out. What an idea. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, give us five stars on iTunes or if you're using a different podcast platform. Uh, just tweet a nice thing about it. Tell your friends. John, thanks for being here it, and being great. It's, at first, it sounded like you said, tell your friends, John. Uh, thanks for being <laughs> Listen. John, get some friends. Tell them about the podcast. It's been wonderful. Hey, stick around for some more chat after this. Hey, John. Hello. Hey, that was. Hey, you did really well in that episode. I thought. Thank you very much. Uh, thought I thought you were on top form. Cheers, mate. I've really thought I brought the thunder. Which is good because that spell F U N D E R. Hey, yes, it is always. I always spell it that way. Gets me a lot of trouble. <laughs> and that's why you lost your job at the Met Office. <laughs> um, we've had we've had a tweet that um I need to bring to your attention because I assume it's something you've done. Yeah, so this okay. one comes from. Oh no! This one comes oh, from no. Kelly two one seven two five two two. She's found me, <laughs> and she says that is a lie. At Dream Factory Pod, Brazil is a free country. We want still like that. This sleeping giants want censorship our country. Look, I've made my thoughts on Brazil very clear, <laughs> and I stand, I stand by that fifty-seven part thread I put on the Dream Factory <laughs> Twitter last week. And look, I don't care if I'm a wanted man in Brazil. <laughs> is it? I don't. I don't plan to ever go back to Rio again. <laughs> is it George Clooney that's surveying Brazil? Me and George have got a satellite and we're keeping an eye on things and they're not happy about it. We're up there on the ISS just sipping a lovely little espresso between us <laughs> and we can't get enough of it. Uh, and uh, we're just keeping an eye on goings on in Brazil. And Kelly 215272524217, she's a whistleblower. She's found out about it. Well, I look, um, I look forward to you. What, what's interesting is that She's quote tweeting a tweet that's about some company called Dream Factory that are advertised, I don't know, that are spending Facebook ads and they're appearing on like some page that she disagrees with. But she's just typed in at Dream Factory and just added us in it, which is really fun. I'm going to reply to it now. <laughs> He's saying, I will do whatever I want to Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, whatever's happening in Brazil, if it's bad, I'm sorry. What a lovely sentiment. <laughs> I can sound like Band-Aid. Have you got any uh, good recommendations from the week, mate? Uh, do you know what? I was actually quite worried. It felt like, you know, sometimes, have you, do you ever had this situation with your partner where there's an awkward time where you think you've run out of things to watch? Mm. And you think, oh, no. Is it going to be an evening where we don't know what to watch and tensions start to mount? Do you ever have those thoughts? Mm. Oh, yeah. Are you, are you, when, you're, when you're between things to watch, it's quite a, it's quite a scary zone, especially... In uh, lockdown, sometimes uh, I'll continue watching a thing that I'm not loving just because that's easier. Than... Oh, mate, good lord! If, because there's something to put on. Absolutely, <laughs> I cannot tell you how much I know about RuPaul. I do not. Jesus, I, no, it's actually really I'm good. I'm loving Drag Race. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I am too, and I'm, I'm fully invested in the history of it. I know all of the in jokes, but that's. A, I mean. Each week when there's another hour of stuff, when there's RuPaul's Jag Race or something, I'm just like fucking 
thanking the stars. But um, yesterday, the new Amazon Prime show, Little Fires Everywhere, came oh, yeah. out with Reese Witherspoon in it. And we watched episode one. And episode one was really gripping. Oh, great. I might so, check that out. fingers crossed, it remains gripping. And we all remain gripped until the next... And also, as long as it can buy us till... A Space Force show comes out next week with Steve yeah. Carell and Greg Daniels. Things are, things are looking pretty good for the next couple of weeks, and there's some breathing space. There's some Whew. breathing space. I'm How so about you? you? I've been playing this game, What the Golf. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. It's What the Golf. It's it's completely bonkers, and it's just it takes it takes the mechanics of like a traditional golf game, and then just applies it to whatever the hell it likes. At every level, is totally different. It's mad. Probably going to buy it this afternoon, John. I'm probably going to buy it this afternoon. Um, and then if, you've got, if you've got a Nintendo Switch, check it out. Also, check out, on a similar theme, Golf Story, which is one of my favourite games on the Switch. Yeah, people say it's great, but I don't understand. What makes it great? It just looks like a basic golf game. It's a little 8-bit. No, it's mad. It's really mad. It's like an 8-bit golf game, but with a it's like an RPG narrative. And the writing is hilarious. Okay, I'll have to check it out. I've also binged over the last couple of days the first six episodes of Rabbit Hole from the New York Times, which is a podcast Ooh. about YouTube and how it is kind of potentially implicit in indoctrination. Ah, because they did that big piece where that guy gave over all of his browsing history to the New York Times, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, so the first three episodes focus on that. and then, ah. But then for episode six, they have a, a half-hour interview with PewDiePie, who's a man who doesn't speak to mainstream wow. press at all. Like it's Yeah, really interesting. Interesting. Check that out. Okay. <coughs> okay. Uh, I think, I think <laughs> well, that, that does it for the day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's see if it's up there. Soup. Um, <laughs> thanks very much for listening. And we'll be back next week and every week. <laughs> I was going to give a I was going to give no, an end, an end point. I'm but, keeping that uh, in with the gap. I thought the, infl- the inflection on my voice. And then I thought, I'll stop for comic effect. And it was great. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Send the guys a movie idea Tell your friends that you like the show Follow us on social media Then you'll be the best listener